when Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. And we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilali. North. Elding. 3-2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! One more. Hello, you're very welcome along to episode 14 of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast. Uh, another great show for you this week. We finally, we've been chasing him for a little while now, but finally we've got a, we've got a hold of the manager, Liam Buckley. He joins, just, joins us for a conversation that um, we, uh, we talked to him for about you know, 35, 40 minutes. We get into loads, loads of details um, about his plan for the season ahead. <clears throat> the type of player that he's trying to sign, um, the, the players that he's tied down. Uh, we talk about his playing career, uh, playing against Maradona, uh, loads of other um, great um, kind of highlights of his playing career, playing in the, the Bernabeu, uh, sorry, playing in the um, in the new camp and uh, playing against Maradona and uh, River Plate, as I said already. But um, yeah, we'll get, it that into, we'll get into that in a little bit. As I said, it's episode 14. Uh, we're brought to you by Milligram Coffee on Wine Street Sligo. Wonderful sponsors. Check out milligram.ie. Uh, we have a full house today. Uh, we've uh, Sean Dunn. We've got Magoo with us. And today, uh, our other special guest is, um, is uh, Joe Connor, um, <laughs> president, El Presidente of the Trust. Um, so, listen, um, yeah, lads, we, we have a really good chat with um, with Liam uh, Buckley, the manager, in a little while. Um, but there was also some, since the last time we spoke, um, on the podcast, the club has released a, a beautiful jersey. It's an absolutely beautiful jersey. Uh, and they're also selling season packs for next season, which are kind of replacing, uh, Jerry, I'm right in saying, they're kind of replacing the, the traditional season tickets because of the circumstances that we're in in relation to COVID. Is that right? Yeah, that's right, Connor. So, um, as you said there, the season pack is re- replacing the traditional season tickets. Um, and just with the pack, it just gives... Um, a lot more flexibility. Um, you know, the tickets can be used over 2021 and even into 2022. So if there's any tickets left over, you can use them then. So I think it gives, you know, massive flexibility. Um, and also included in the pack then as well, there's a booklet for um, for vouchers for local businesses that actually offsets the cost of the, the 150. And in some instances, the um, with the concessions, you're actually getting more vouchers than what, you're paying for the tickets so it's kind of you know it's the i suppose the company or the club are actually trying to think of the fans they're trying to think of local business and bring it together and kind of you know um it's it's a good deal for everybody and it also brings in money early into the club you know to offset uh off season costs and stuff like that and, and and get up and running so it's really really important um and it's also i suppose trying to think a little bit differently. Uh, we're trying to bring in kind of new aspects to the season tickets this season and also going forward. It's, it's, it's more of a pack rather than just, just a card. Right. It's, going to try, it's trying to do more for the person that purchases, purchases the, the, the pack. Just to say that the, um, so the pack gets you 12 matches and um, it'll get you 12 matches. Well, you get 12 tickets. And I think, does it then work similar to how it was operating last season insofar as if you did have a season ticket or if you do have um, one of the, the tickets for the 2021 season, it's based on a draw. Um, it's based on a draw as to who attends the games. Is that right? Yeah. So, um, look, we're hoping that, you know, it'll be more open next season than it was last season. Uh, things seem to be moving in the right direction in terms of, I suppose, vaccines and, um, I think, you know, even there's a lot of organised, like the likes of UEFA and Fans Direct and things like that are doing an awful lot of work behind the scenes in each country to show that it is possible to have more spectators at games and be able to be socially distanced and um, even with COVID. So I'd expect that, you know, 
I know you can't guarantee it, but I, I don't think there'll be I think don't think there'll be any closed games next season that you know they're really, really can't be. We need to start getting back to normal. It has been proved in other countries that you can have crowds in the ground and be, you know, socially distanced. Uh and and, and th- I think with the with the size of the showground, surely we can get a few hundred people in. We we need to start getting back to getting people out and being able to go to social occasions, particularly outdoors, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's really important. So I'd be very confident that, you know, that there there will be like, you know, um drawn, you know, I suppose names out of a hat, but look, it's gonna be a big hat. Right, okay. Um so the vouchers um that are included uh, in the pack are for businesses such as EJ Menswear, uh, Pet Stop, Belfry, the Clayton Hotel, uh, Worley Studios, and the Riverside Hotel. An adults pack is 150 euro. Um, third level student, our OAP pack comes in at 100 euro. And um, for super ads and second level students, it's just 55 euro. So there's yeah. really great value there. You can get it from Sligo Rovers. Uh, sorry, you can get it from SRFC Direct. Uh, dot com or if you go onto the Sligo Rovers webpage um, there's a link there that will bring you to where you can purchase um and Barton Smith okay and Barton Smith sorry yeah okay yeah yeah and um, the other thing the other thing that happened during the week is that um so our sponsor who um who changed their their name to Avent Money or it was a kind of a rebranding and uh, to kind of coordinate with that um, the club has also launched what I have to say is possibly one of the most beautiful jerseys that uh, Planet Earth has ever seen <laughs> <laughs> um, Magoo, uh, have you? Uh, what are your thoughts on on the New Jersey? I think it is uh, a work of art, Connor. It's a work of art. <laughs> it's it's, it's class style, and it's lovely. It's lovely. Yeah, and like in fairness, in fairness to um, our sponsor, Avon Money, I'm not afraid to mention them. Um, they do a great <laughs> deal on on mortgage rates, um, but in fairness to them, a key thing to many jerseys, I think, Donner is incorporating the sponsor's colours, branding and logo well into the shirt so that it doesn't clash. Yeah, it doesn't overtake. No, it's they've done it very well. It's a fabulous jersey, so it is just I'm paying homage to the 83 um, cup final jersey. Yeah. I think that's a nice retouch in itself. But um and by no way means does it look like a Liverpool jersey. So that nonsense needs to stop as well. It's yeah. like Rovers jersey and that's all that matters. Yeah and I think um I think Magoo, a lot of, um, I think it's fair to say a lot of clubs around the country could be a little bit jealous of just how beautiful this jersey is. <laughs> I think it's just everything, though. You, you can see them, they're, they're afraid that the West is wakening. That's what they're afraid of. <laughs> it's all, everything is coming together at one time and they don't like it. Yeah. I see uh, Dundalk um, released a new away shirt there yesterday. Um, I think- I like the I like the the history behind it and the Great Northern Railway and all this kind of crack and that's really good, but Jesus an awful shirt. You get a free sack <laughs> with every uh, purchase. <laughs> the, the railway the railway link the railway link is good because you could you can literally picture them walking up and down the railway line, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> High fizz. Yeah. Yeah. But it's cat. It's like, brilliant. I mean, like Get somebody who has a bit of uh, skill and design know-how, a bit of, and then yeah. the poor sponsor. Well, maybe it's the sponsor's fault. They're, they're sponsored by a betting company now, but you you can't read the second word in the logo because it's in yeah, purple. It's purple. It's, it's ridiculous. It's purple and black. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, yeah. you're right, Jerry. The, the history, the idea that behind it and the history is lovely, but um, the layout and the design is just shocking. Like um, an old intercity it's, uh no, it's no it's no it's it's no coincidence with what, what else is going on in Dundalk at the minute, really, though, is it? Well, yeah, they they took their eye off the ball, they took their eye off the track um when they in relation to the <laughs> track. Yeah, yeah. Um Who, who's driving the train? <laughs> Mario. <laughs> Mario Mario cared. For how long I wonder. I don't think he's gonna I just suspect that he won't be there for a huge amount of time, but um, no. anyway, listen. No chance. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna. Um, so, what's the story? If people want to still buy the jersey, uh, Jerry, do you know if it's still available? Or what's the story there? Um, as all kid sizes are available, I think only extra large in adults. Um, yeah, so they're uh, ready for pickup. I think on the eighteenth, Friday, the eighteenth of December. Um, obviously, okay. it'd be, it was just a phenomenal uh, response to the shirts. Um, I think it's almost sold out in two days. So crazy, incredible. 
Yeah. Um, we're, we're just about to get stuck into our interview and conversation with uh, the manager, Liam Buckley. Uh, before we do, I just wanted to say that um, if you are listening to the podcast and you're enjoying the podcast, uh, please do share it um, on your social media streams. Or if you're not on social media, tell people about it. Um, point us uh, in the direction of um, an audience that will be open to uh, listening to fan-led Sligo Rovers podcast content and um, give us um, five stars on um, the Apple podcast platform or whatever platform that you listen to the podcast or give us a positive review. It all helps them um, to uh, increase um, our awareness or the awareness of the podcast across the different platforms. Um, and also thanks to our sponsors, Middleground Coffee, as I said at the start of the, the show, and they're on Wine Street there, wonderful little uh, cafe. So the first thing we started talking to uh, Liam Buckley about was his own playing career. Okay, so Obviously, Liam, we're going to talk to you about um, your time managing Rovers. Before we talk about Rovers, just briefly, we'll kind of focus on or we'll touch on your playing career, which was, you know, had some incredible high points. I think maybe some younger people, some of our younger listeners might be aware that you played in the semi-final of a UEFA Cup. Can you tell us a little bit about that period of your playing career? Yeah, that's gone back a few years now. Um, it was a team called Warrigham uh, from Belgium. Uh, they're now called Zulte Warrigham. They joined in with a local two two local teams joined together there recently over the last few years. Uh, we made it through to the semi-final of the Cup. Um, unfortunately, um, I missed previous games in that with a fractured cheekbone. I had to get it wired up, um, so that put me out for a while. But uh, I came back. But I played in the semi-final against Cologne. Um, unfortunately, they were full of German internationals at the time, um, and they were decent. Uh, I think we drew them three all at home. and got beat four-one away, and then Real Madrid won the other semi-final, and Real Madrid won the the, the UA the UEFA Cup, which is the Europa League now. So, uh, but it was a very exciting time for the club because it was the first time they'd actually played in Europe that year. And we were expected maybe to get through a round or two and we beat a team from Denmark and then we beat a team from Spain. Uh, we beat a team from uh, Yugoslavia, uh, Hajek Split, and then we played AC Milan the quarterfinals and then we played Cologne in the semifinals. And then we were looking forward to Real Madrid final, but it wasn't to be able to. Nonetheless, it was a great experience from that end. Yeah, like an incredible, an incredible um, yeah, experience, as you say. Um, and you, you were playing in, in Belgium, in a Belgium league that was a pretty high standard at the time. I think around that period they'd finished or they got to the quarterfinals or maybe the semifinals of the World Cup around that time. Is that right? Yeah, they would have been good okay because, again, going back to the, the 80s there, yeah, um, uh, they would have had a, the European Cup Winners' Cup. That was a competition just for teams that won the cup. And Kavi Mecklen from Belgium won the cup the previous year won that European competition, you know, kind of way. So um, they had Anderlecht who were very strong as well. They were making into the back end of competitions, quarterfinals and semifinals. Standard Liège were very good as well. Uh, Club Bruges were decent and they still are. Um, yeah, it was quite a strong league yeah, at the time, yeah. And um, prior to that, you had left, you went from Shams to uh, Belgium. Was that the, was that that move? Yeah, from Shamrock Rovers to Belgium, yeah. Um I think we had just won the league with Shamrock Rovers and got beaten in the cup final. Uh, UCD beat us in the cup final uh, that year. Um, it was very disappointing. I was absolutely gutted that uh, we didn't do the double from a Shamrock Rovers point of view. But uh, nonetheless, it was a decent season we had. And then I skipped into Belgium and was there for a couple of years. In an article that I read um, about you, you had said that you had felt that that Shamrock Rovers team was as good as the team you joined in Belgium, but that there wasn't that kind of team cohesion. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, we had a very good team um, at Shamrock Rovers at the time, but it was just played a different way. Uh, it was more about the collective, more so than the individual. Um, and the collective there, we had a, a way of playing. Uh, we basically had a three-five-two uh, formation, um, and it was very, very good. But all the players' jobs was, were, they, you know, they all knew it inside out. But it was a collective picture how they all played well together, and that was it. Was the team effect, and from a team point of view. We were, we were far better than the team I had left. Uh, but from an individual point of view, that's what I keep on saying. There's nothing wrong with our footballers here in our league. A lot of them could play in a lot of leagues around Europe. Um, I was watching a, a, a game there probably last uh, 10 months ago, maybe. Um, I was in France for, for a few days. And um, I was watching Le Havre playing. And uh, there was a guy playing on the left for them. And I said, yeah, I wonder who that is. And there was something about him. And then I asked a guy sitting next to me, 
they had a program, looked at the program, it was um, Ben Mohammed that played with Longford and uh, Bohemians, I think it was, going back today with him, you know, and but he's ended up playing in the league, the, just the one below the, the top league in, in France. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, that's a, it's a decent league, you know, well-funded. It's uh, The contracts are fantastic. Um, and I was just wondering how he got there. You know, he got there through Nigeria. He went over to Nigeria, I think it was, sorry, not Nigeria. Was it Cameroon or one of the African countries where he was born? And then he ended up getting back into France then. But um, very, very good player. Don't know how I got onto that. Um, <laughs> but but uh, going back to um, uh, the Belgium experience, um, it was a really fantastic uh, two years from that end. But learning curve, sorry, about the style of play. That's where the question was coming yeah. from. And we definitely had a style. We definitely had a way of playing, and everybody understood it. You know the kind of way. And that was my first real introduction. I, if you're going to play at a high level, your, your team's going to play at a high level. You need to have an understanding around the pitch. And that has that fed into and influenced your coaching and your your management style. Yeah, certainly has. Um, like, there's no point you knowing what you want in your head. It's how you articulate that out, and how your players play, and how your group plays. Uh, so it's key to trying to get them. If they all play well together, you'll have a decent team. And that's what we struggled yeah. a wee bit last year uh, with trying to get an identity around exactly what we we're doing and playing. Some weeks are good, some weeks then we we're average. And, you know, with a few injuries, you know, we had, did have quite a few injuries last season, which didn't help. Um, it was difficult to nail that down, you know, and I'll be hopeful this year that we play a bit better, you know? Yeah. Um, like, listen, as I said, we could talk about your playing career all night. Um, but briefly, you're in um, some of the national papers recently talking about um, your experiences playing against Maradona in uh, Argentina. Uh, he was an, un- an unknown quantity at the time, is that right? That's correct, yeah. Um, he was, I think he, they, in 1978, they won the World Cup, uh, Argentina did. And uh, I, think, I think they were saying at the time he was just a little bit too young. Um, but he was the next new Pele or whatever, the next new great star, you know, the kind of way. So... We've arrived down there, League of Ireland selection. Uh, Lord Reston, Louis Kilcoyne organised a fantastic trip. We were down there for a month. Um, it was a great holiday and a great sporting month for us, you know, the kind of way, because we had a lot of top players. Dundalk were the top team at the time. They would have had Martin Lawler and Paddy Dunning, Tommy McConville, Lord Reston. Uh, there's, there's quite a few, you know, from Dundalk, one or two from Limerick, uh, they had one or two from Shamrock Rovers, uh, including myself. And uh, we had a great trip. We played three or four games along with that that major one. It was played in the River Plate Stadium. Um, and um, it was just a fantastic occasion. The crowd, it was, the place was full. Uh, they just seen it as Argentina against Ireland. It was, it was a League of Ireland selection. The other kind of distinct from the full international team. But, you know, to hear your own anthem to the mire of noise and all the ticker take stuff, it was just amazing. Um, a really, really enjoyable experience, I have to say. And did, did your man score? Maradona scored, yeah. Um, he, he was very good. The, the pitch was woeful, I'll be honest with you. Um, the, and ironically, ironically, um, George Mullen, who looks after our pitch, yeah. is doing the River Plate this, this month. He's doing yeah. that, that pitch up, you know, kind of. But it was, going back to my time when I played there, it was, it was awful. Um, but nonetheless, it was, a great, it was a more of the occasion, you know, and they had some of their World Cup stars that had won the World Cup the previous year. So it was a, it was a great occasion, I have to say. The last question I'm going to ask you about your, your playing career, um, Liam, is your La Liga debut uh, in front of 90,000 people in camp now. Is that right? That's right, yeah. Um, I had only arrived Santander at the time. Um, and yeah, we, you know, when I arrived there, it was, it was late. There was a bit of complications in me getting down there because I was being signed from Belgium, whatever. And um, I arrived late for pre season. And it was only then when they asked, where's the first game? We said, just wait to Barcelona. So, well, and at that time, Gary Lineker and Mark Hughes were the foreign players for them, you know, the kind of way. So there was a bit of the media were picking up on it and the Irish English thing. And going back that day, it was sort of, I won't say confrontational, but it was, uh, you know, they were looking for any sort of edge. Now, obviously, they wouldn't have got any edge from me, um, bear in mind who I am, whatever. Um, but again, another brilliant occasion. Uh, we lost 2 0. Lineker got the two goals. Uh, but I do remember having a couple of really good chances, and I can, I can still see them in my head. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't to be in the night, and in fairness, they were, they were, they were better than us, you know. So, uh, but another really good occasion, I have to say. And is it daunting walking out in front of the 90,000 roaring? Well, it, it, it kind of just, it was only when I actually got out on the pitch and I looked around and I said, Jesus, Mike, it was just, it was, it was, a, it was a unique experience, you know, kind of like playing in the new camp and, and um, 
equally playing in Real Madrid Stadium. Like these stadiums are full and these are big stars. No matter when you play Barcelona or Real Madrid, they're covered with international, you know, fantastic players, you know, the kind of way. So um, they had Hugo Sanchez with Real Madrid at the time and he was another top player. Uh, world top player from that end but uh, again a good experience Just quickly about his time Liam about your time when you actually signed for Sligo Rovers I know it didn't equate to much but just what exactly happened there I got invited up um, by the manager um, and basically I think Sligo were in a spot of bother at the time um, and it was just uh, to help them get out to make sure they they didn't slip into the bottom half of the table I think it was something like that and they wanted to try and see could they get Europe or whatever you know um, but my memory of it was that um, uh, I had just left St. Pat's. We had won the league with St. Pat's, I think, as well. Um, and a couple of bits and pieces happened there. So I, I was gone out of St. Pat's. And uh, he banged me door down the manager. And uh, I just said, I go up. Uh, I got up. I, I didn't realise I was in business at the time as well. And the, 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 the trouble of getting up and back and up and back and training and all that sort of stuff. I wasn't living there like I am now. And that's why when I was interviewed about the job, I did consider, uh, well, what I do from Dublin, I said, not a chance because I couldn't do it when I was playing. So I wouldn't expect to do it when you're managing. So uh, that's why I'm living up in Riverstown, which is a fantastic spot for where all of myself. Um, uh, but sorry, to get back to uh, the, the playing side of it, I'm not sure how many games I played, but uh, I, I know we are safe, you know, the kind of way from where we were at. And I spoke with the manager and whatever, and we came to an agreement and that was it, you know, the kind of way. So, uh, he wasn't too difficult to deal with. I mean, it was a couple of years later that you joined Athlone, or maybe it was the next year that you joined Athlone. That was kind of the start of your coaching managerial career, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, I got invited down to Athlone. Another fantastic experience. I really enjoyed it. Um, fantastic group of people down there. And um, my memory of it, um, I was there for a couple of seasons. We signed uh, one or two players from the Leinster Senior League, and we got a we, we got a group together, and there was a there was a, a healthy group of locals, probably six or seven, eight of them were, that were in the team. But they were very good players, including Adrian Carberry, the the current manager of Athlone Town. Um, I remember just taking a few training sessions early on and looking at Adrian. I went to Adrian and I said to him, uh, "What position do you play?" And he said, "I would play left back." And when I was looking at him in training, I was like, "Jamie Mac, he's got." he's got qualities that can play up front because I've played up front and uh, I told him look at we're going to start you up centre forward and he kind of looked at me with two heads sort of thing you know you know. but anyway I just asked him to do what he can do in training and play to his strengths he got player of the year at the end of the year and he was top scorer so um, he, he was he, he done a fantastic job but we had a, quite a few good locals down at Tom Silk and there was Mickey Thomas there was quite a few uh, good footballers we did really well we got beaten we got beaten in a playoff for promotion with UCD we drew one all at home and then we got beaten one nil away I think it was or two one away I sorry you beg your pardon it, it was a draw at home and a, sorry we won one nil away and we lost one nil at home and uh, the away game was the second game and went to penalties and uh, we lost it on penalties and then I think the following year we got to the semi-final of the cup we beat Shamrock Rovers in the quarter-final of the cup which would have been a scalp barely in mind we were you know in the, in the, from the first division you know, kind of, and Shamrock Rovers at the time would have been in the mix at the top end of the table, you know, the kind of way in the Premier Division. So well, that was a scalp. And to get us to the, then Cork beat us in the semi-final 3-1 in, in St. Mel's. Um, but again, a great a, a great time from a career perspective for me. Really enjoyed it. Uh, and I have a healthy respect for the people down there because, you know, it, it, it is difficult when you're talking about getting players in. But they do have a cohort down there for their local leagues and the mid leagues in the Midlands. And, you know, I do see, I see that club would have scope, you know, to get better. So Liam, um, before, you, before you came on this evening, we put it out on Twitter and we had told um, people that you were coming on the podcast and we asked people to put in their questions and we got a, um, a huge response to, um, to, to that question. And the, the, the kind of big question I think that um, needs to be answered is, and you're talking about uh, staying with the club and you're talking about what you're going to do to make the club better next year. So will you be signing a contract or can we expect Liam Buckley to be signing a contract with Sligo Rovers in the coming weeks or months? I, yeah, no, I'd spoke with the boys. I don't see that being, a, but that being an issue. You know, there is things I'd like to get better within the whole scenario here, you know, the kind of way. But um, it's not going to be an issue. I just need to get a couple of bits and pieces resolved from the personal level. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to next season. I mean, we've, we've already signed in a few new players. I've no doubt they'll add it to where, where we're at from a competitive point of view and that style end of things um, and we have a few to get in where I'm continuously working on that it's, it's, it's a continuous work in progress in my head 52 weeks of the year to be honest with you 
yeah. uh, you know, and if somebody catches their eye, we keep them take notes and get them watched. And if we can fit in maybe next season, can we get them in? But inevitably, guys, if you're looking at bringing in uh, the you know the best players you can do, inevitably you've got Dundalk fighting for them, Shamrock Rovers fighting for them, and then you've got your your other clubs like Derry, St. Pat's, uh, you know, that would have reasonable budgets, you know, the kind of way, and Bohemians, you know, they'd all have bigger budgets than we would. Uh, so you're fighting with them in relation. So you need to get in early or else um, just push the boat out a little bit. But uh, I think we've done particularly well with the signings that we've got so far. Um, I would be excited about what they'll bring to the group next year. Um, and as I say, there's a few more I'm, I'm, I'm chasing at the moment. Um, you know, as the boys are putting the budget together, which is difficult, I know, from Sligo's end of things, because bearing in mind, we do have this COVID thing, it's not gone away, and we still have to, you know, find out whether we'll be behind closed doors, whether whether there's funding from whatever source, whether it's FEI or government or whatever it would be, uh, there's still a lot of that being put together, you know, kind of way. And as that's coming together, we're, we're, we're getting our group uh, stronger, and I do see us being being better on the pitch next year. Liam, just taking it back there a second to when you mentioned John Russell, how has that transition been from coaching John as a player at St Pat's to then taking him on as your assistant with Sligo Rovers? Did you did you always see the potential in him as a coach when you had him as a player? Um, not particularly, no. Um, <laughs> I didn't because as as a player when he was with St Pat's. He hadn't got any coaching uh, with the first team, so second team. Now, he was doing some underage stuff, which did catch me eye, you know, kind of the way that he was interested in it. Uh, but from a first team perspective, I hadn't seen anything that, you know, would have been, uh, bear in mind, look, I was stuck into the job itself and it was a difficult job, you know, you're trying to get success with St. Pat's at the time, whatever. And John was as a fantastic player. And to be honest with you, um, you know, I did find through that at loan experience that I, I did go in there as a player manager, you know, the kind of way, but... When you come in at halftime, guys, and you're trying to give a team talk, uh, and you might not play too well yourself, it's quite difficult, you know, kind of way. So uh, I, I wouldn't have wanted, I wouldn't have compromised John. He's done a great job uh, playing wise, and um, uh, you know that year we won the league. He was great, uh, you know, really done well, strong, very a strong footballer. That's why, to be honest, with you, even looking at him now, his conditioning is fantastic. It's as good as anybody in the team, and, and I would have never had an issue with him, with, with you know even coming off the bench. Um, now we'll have a look at next season depending on what we have in from a group perspective uh, I think John you know wants to and myself I'd like him just to focus more on the how we get the team better side of things you know so um, but uh, certainly he's uh, he's doing his pro license at the moment uh, I've no doubt he'll fly through that it'll just take him his time but uh, he's looking forward to it and I've no doubt he'll have a bright future in football On Twitter we had a couple of questions that were um, kind of um, all of the same team, uh, Dylan, Dylan Cairns asks and NYC Taper asks the question, um, has everyone from last season that will be here for next season signed or might some players yet sign? No, we still have one or two we're, we're discussing uh, contracts with, um, but they'll be processed out over the next, like the, the, the long procedure guys at the end of your season is that um, you approach all the guys and we would have 20 odd guys that we have to sit down with and talk with uh, along with all the staff uh, we sit down and have a chat with them if, if, some, if you're not being retained uh, for whatever reason um, I'd, I'd speak with them and I'd articulate that to them um, and if you are uh, we'd sit down and, and chat with them but we, can't, we don't get them all done straight away and in one fell swoop you'd be every day or two you'd be meeting with players meeting with them continuously meeting with them and they may go off they may have other options like one or two of our, our guys probably have um, and they'll be ch checking out their options you have to wait in a few days you might have to wait a week I don't know but uh, we're, we're, we're still talking about quite a few of the lads that uh, were with us last season so we will have a few of them and I'm also trying to chase up another one or two as well that uh, will be fresh to the group Liam, your scouting network is fascinating. It's something that's taken a, the Sligo Rovers fans' interest big time. Like the, the players, the likes of Romeo Parks, Ryan DeFreeze, even Darren Fordyce. How, how have you organised this scouting range? Is it just a lot of contacts you've built up throughout the years playing? Or yeah. is it something that yourself and Dave Campbell have just worked tirelessly on? Yeah, Dave's just worked with me on that, you know, the kind of way. And John does tip away at it as well. Um, like for every one of those guys we've signed, like Timu or Will Seymour or whatever, like there's probably another ten that have that have gone amiss on us, you know, the kind of way. And I, I would have put offers in for some fellas that I didn't didn't materialise because they would have looked at it and said, look, no, I've got another. Like for, you know, there was one or two in Serbia last year. I had a few of them dotted around Europe as such, you know. Having been a foreign footballer 
in Belgium and in Spain and in Switzerland, you know, the kind of way I, I, I have been that footballer. Um, so there's, there's bits and pieces that uh, I'll, be, I'll be fully aware of to make sure they land running as best we possibly can do. Um, now, I, I, and with, uh, with due respect to the, the foreign players we brought in, I thought they've all made some sort of impact this year. I know it is difficult to have been that guy. Um, when you do arrive in a city like Sligo or I arrive in a city like Warrigham in Belgium or in Santander in Spain or Montreux in Switzerland, like you're getting used to the coach, you're getting used to the training, you're getting used to the way to do things, you're getting used to the weather, you're getting used to the just the whole meeting people and getting to know the place. And, you know, I, I do expect... Uh, Anybody that's with us a year, you, 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 more, you get more out of them the second year because all that newness and all that sort of stuff is, is gone by the wayside there. You, they're, they're, all, they're all ahead of themselves and they normally play better in the second year. So we have got some that we, we had last year. So hopefully they'll all be better for next year, you know. And in relation to new signs, Liam, is it, are you able to check background and uh, characters of the, the players or is it, just, is it something that we wouldn't have the resources to do and you just have to hope that... It's it, it works out well when the land. Yeah, well, yeah, we, we will check out Y Scout. There's a few different uh, platforms you can check out, but you have to go through quite a few of them to check out. Uh, you know, we get as much detail as we can on. And then if there was somebody uh, like of a contact in Finland, I'd contact a, that, that contact and ask him, listen, I'm, I'm contemplating this player, like Timu Payne Kangas. Uh, what's he like? How is he? What is he good off the park? You know, and we, we'd quiz him on this, especially he would try and then find some local information from me. And it'd be the same if it was something in Belgium or whatever, you know, and we do have some contacts and it may be a contact, has a contact that finds out for me. Um, but we do try and do a lot of due diligence on, on these footballers. Um, y has a lot of videos on YouTube and whatever. There's, 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 there's a, lot, a lot of what we can do behind the scenes, you know, the kind of way to, you know, make sure you're not signing a dud, you know, the kind of way, um, especially camp, you know. Um, so I, I, I guess, like you know, the, the, one of the, the big things that we that we've already made um, is um, Greg Bulger. Is is it a difficult uh, is it difficult to to convince him to kind of up sticks from the east and move out to um, out to Sligo, or is um, that kind of a straightforward conversation with him? Yeah, I've I've worked with Greg before with St Pat's Athletic, and um, he, I mean he's won the league and the cup with me with St Pat's, so uh, and the league cup as well. So. Um, uh, I, I, I didn't need any convincing from a playing point of view because I know what he brings to the party. And it's not just about what he does in the park and how he plays. In the dressing room, he's quite influential. In the training, he's quite influential. He's quite an opinionated type of guy. Um, I'll have to calm him down on the odd occasion. Uh, but uh, he's, uh, he's, uh, he'd be a very good signing for us, I have no doubt. Um, you know, I know he had a leg break there last year, but he's clear from that. We've checked stuff on that and we were, we're confident that. Uh, he land running for pre-season and we'll see how we go for next season. But uh, he'll be another important part of the picture. Um, you know, we are trying to build up our squads, not just a starting 11, you know, kind of, we're trying to get a, a proper squad because last year, as I say, with all the injuries we had, um, it just, it just made life extremely difficult picking, uh, you know, a team every week that you could rely on from a, a style point of view because we're changing it around so, so often with, John Mahan out, Regan Dolan out, Johnny and Levy out, Danny Kane out, uh, Lewis Banks out. Uh, There's another one or two there that were, you know, struggling. So when you take all them into account, it was tricky enough. But I was confident enough. I, to be honest, I was always looking at we we're only nine points off Europe, even at even to the start we had. You know, kind of. I knew that once you get players back, I didn't know we'd make the top four, top three, or top two, or whatever. But I knew we'd be, we'd be very, very competitive with with the group that we have. You know, the kind of way. So. Um, it turned out fine for us. I did feel, to be honest, I had been saying this to, to the boys for a month, six weeks before the end of the season. I said, listen, this will probably go to the wire. So if we can end up going to the dock, needing something out of that match, let's get there and see what can happen. And ironically, it wanted like that. Um, and we really put in a top performance that night. Uh, Coughlin got a great second goal, which was just fantastic from where we were at. But um, uh, sorry, I'm rubbing on there. <laughs> Liam, in regards to Craig Bulger, is that something you're kind of going along the lines with in terms of recruitment this summer or this, this season for uh, experienced type players just with going into Europe and that and maybe making another um, push to qualify for Europe again next season? Yeah, not necessarily so. They don't have to have experience coming to the group. Um, I just want to get good players in, you know, the kind of way. Um, like Robbie McCourt is a very good player. Uh, he's playing with Waterford. He's been, he played with, I'm sure, St. St. Kevin's memory shares me right here. He's gone to England, I think he was West Brom for a while. He's played midfield, he can play centre-back, he can play left full. 
good left peg on him. Uh, very kept, very fit guy. I had Tom French, our conditioning coach, and with myself uh, in the gym with him last weekend, last Saturday. Uh, looks in great nick. Uh, he's excited about the season going forward. He'd be a really good addition to our group. Reasonably versatile as well, which is great from our end of it because when you do pick up an injury or suspension, you can juggle one or two around. Uh, but I mean, I think he's only 22, 22, maybe 23. Uh, but again, a really good signing for us. Greg, Greg has that bit of experience. Yeah, no problem. Grace, he'll bring that to the party and, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, but I'd say there's a few more that we're looking at. And uh, if I can get them in, you know, they'll just help to, like Rome, bringing Romeo back in as well. Um, you know, Romeo, I'm not sure how many goals Romeo had, but uh, he, uh, he it was a 12 or 14 or whatever it was when he was here. So if he can land running as well, please God, uh, that'll help us from that end. And Liam, would it be a case of trying to bring in more players from around the league or will you be searching further afield again? Well, I'm doing a bit of both because inevitably, you know, depending on your figure that you're paying out, you may not get plan A, so you go to plan B or plan C for that matter, you know, the kind of way. So we just have to work like... You know, locally here, you say all the top clubs, including ourselves, are chasing the top players, you know, the kind of way. So inevitably you won't get them all. But if you get your fair share of them, you know, that's as well as we can do. If we're bringing in foreign players, say, I have no no problem with bringing them in because I say I've been one myself. Um, you know, I just I just want them to land running as best we possibly can do here because it's an important season for the club going forward. Making Europe this year is very important from a financial end of things because that will help, um, especially if we could get through a round or two. It'd be just brilliant, you know, the kind of way, because bearing in mind the funding that comes for winning the league here and what you can get in Europe, you know, it's dwarfed. So uh, it's so important that we can get a game or two in Europe, get through that and see where we go from there with it. But we do need we do need to have a style. You won't win games in Europe unless you can keep good possession of the ball and you know what you're doing. And ultimately, that's where we've, we're... we're I'm going through the group with a fine two comb to make sure that we're, we're giving ourselves the best possible chance to be as best we possibly can be this year. Uh, Liam, um, obviously you're known for your um, willingness to get your teams to play football. Uh, Greg Bulger is going to add something to the middle of the park from a kind of creative and like kind of an influence, influential perspective in the middle of the park. Um, and, Ro- and Romeo is going to be a huge addition to the starting 11. Um, but, you know, when you look at the goals that Romeo scored the season before last, a lot of them were on the break. Um, he received assists from, you know, the other, the other, the opposite end of the pitch. But if we're playing through the ter- thirds more, if we're, um, if we have a more structured kind of feel about how we're, our, our design of play, will that make things harder for Romeo to kind of catch teams on the break? And not necessarily so. No, to be honest, with you, I, I think it will help in that. Uh... We can design our play. We can try and design our play. You know, obviously, be, we're getting a bit of creativity in relation to how we are playing. Uh, and get our phases of play, our patterns of play, should I say, you know, and, and Romeo will fit into them because he is quite quick. Uh, his finishing is very good. Um, so I, I'd be looking for him to get as many chances as he possibly can be. If he's playing off the left, uh, certainly when the ball's on the right, if he's not in the box, I'll be having a word with him. Uh, if he's playing down the left, I don't mind him cutting inside and playing off with the front man from that end of it. Uh, but I want him to get as many chances as he can because he's a decent finisher and he's quite quick. Uh, and you know if he's reasonably versatile across the front you could play him off the front man also I could play him on the right but I do think he's better off the left or playing off the front man those two positions you know and especially if, uh, if we have something that can link it in I think Romeo finished the top scorer from uh, open play that season not including penalties obviously so I think Jared he he, he uh we need to, we need to, I, I, again, my ambition would be to get a style around the team that, you know, he can rely on where he's getting his chances from. Do you know, kind of where he can, where it can be saying to Romeo, listen, you're going to get your two, three, four, five chances a game. And if he is getting those chance opportunities, he'll get his fair share of goals. He won't score if he won them for sure, but if he's getting his fair share, a fair amount of chances, your front three guys on your centre forward, sorry, a bigger pardon, your front forwards, whether it's three or four, whatever, whatever way you're playing it, and I will be looking at that also. Um, we need them to be getting chances, but we need to be able to rely. We need to know where those chances are coming from and how they're being developed. And that's yeah. how we need to get the team better. If we get the team better, we get that better. Yeah. Just going back to Robbie McCourt there, um, I know he's quite versatile, but where would you see him fitting into the team, preferably? I'll, I'll discuss that with Robbie first. I want to try and get a feeling for him. Um, <laughs> would you not uh, tell Jared first, no? Uh, no. <laughs> I thought we'd have an exclusive there. No, I mean that, I mean that in the sense that uh, you know, I, I you know I don't like putting square pegs in round holes. You know the kind of way. Uh, at the odd time you have to if you're 
up to your gills in it with injuries and suspensions or whatever. You know, I, I will speak with him about what his preferred position is and see, you know, where we are with that. You know, because he is reasonably versatile. I know he can play left back. He's a, he was a box-to-box midfielder. So he can definitely play a full back then. He can definitely get up and down the line from that end of it. And he can definitely play centre-back because he's played that last year with Waterford, you know, kind of way. And he's he was comfortable there, reasonable size, very quick, very good. He's a great left peg in him. So again, as I say, um, I, I'm delighted to get him in. You know, he's a very important signing for us. Uh, Liam, the other end of the pitch, um, Ed McGinty was a huge signing to maintain his services for the next season. Um, we've all seen... Well, more than his potential, we can see what he do, what he can do, and many of us think that he's probably one of the best keepers, if not the best keeper in the league at the moment. But have you got a problem with um, goalkeepers insofar as you also have Luke McNicholas, who is another highly rated talent? Um, and you know, do you need to give Luke game time at the same time? Yeah, it does mean a very tricky one this season because it's the one position that you can't just keep on changing for the sake of changing it. You know, the kind of way or for you know just. Like when you're playing outfield players, as I say, that versatility with some players, like Gary Buckley could play centre back, he played centre mid. Uh, you know, Rob McCormick can play in a few spots. You know, so you have that versatility. But with goalkeepers, it's it's you're either goalkeeper or you're on the bench. Um, it is a difficult scenario for us. Uh, Luke has spoken to me about it, um, about getting some game time, about potentially going out on loan. Now, if you just go out on loan, we'll obviously have to bring in somebody else uh, from a goalkeeping point of view. Um, I do appreciate that he wants game time. That said, uh, depending if he goes out on loan to somebody, um, really, I hope they're guaranteeing him game times, you know, the kind of game time, because otherwise there's no point of doing it, you know, the kind of way. So I would prefer him to stay and fight his court with, uh, with Ed. Uh, but look, at it is what it is. We, we, uh, I've still got to get resolved that one. And Liam, just in regards to... Luke was to go on loan. Would it be a priority for you that he uh, also join a team that it suits your style of play for for looking further down the road? Whereas you like the keeper to be comfortable with the ball at his feet as well. Yeah, almost playing a sweeper keeper role. Yeah, well, depending depending uh, Sean where he goes, you know the kind of way he could still potentially train with us. Like uh, you know, he 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 um, he trains with us full time, obviously. Um, so from where we're at, uh, I would probably insist that he may do some training sessions with us. You know, to, just to keep in touch with him, to know where we're at with him, and see where that's going. Should he go on loan? Now he still has to make that decision. So that would be up to him in relation to what he does do. Um, but as I said, I would prefer him to stay, fight his corner, and uh, see where we go because. You know, if Ed picked up an injury, he's straight in. If Ed picked up a suspension, he's straight in. If Ed, you know, from an international point of view, there'd be a half dozen games or whatever, potentially that Ed could be involved in, um, he'd be playing. You know, kind of, so he would get some game time with us. Um, if Ed McKinty got sold, you know, I don't know. You know, I can't, I can't read that, you know, the kind of way. So, um, uh, I, I, as I say, we're just processing that out at the moment and I'll know more on that over the next week or so. Is, is Luke under contract for next season? This Luke is under contract for next season, yeah. And Liam, do you know if there's going to be a League Cup this year? Um, I don't know where to be League Cup. I don't know when the league's going to start, even at this moment in time. They're still processing that out. Um, so the sooner the better we know all these bits and pieces because the rumor, one of the rumours was that they could potentially have the, the League Cup maybe at the start of the season. That's sort of to help it with pre-season. But I just, I just don't know whether that's going to come true or not, whatever. But um, we, we just don't know at the moment. Like the old days. Yeah, potentially, yeah. Well, squad-wise, Liam, do you have a definitive number in your head of how many you'd like in the squad, barring having uh, that with young fellas? Uh, in an ideal world, um, you, look, you want 20, 22 players, you know, kind of way, because it, it does help them doing 11 v 11 training. Um, now, that said, we have just one or two of the underage kids that uh, we'll certainly be looking at. Um, Killian Haney has done quite well now. When I look at him, he's, he's, he's holding his own with the first-team group. He's, sorry, he's more than holding his own, so I do, I do see a, a bright future for him. Um, uh, there's probably two or three of them there that I'll, I'll, I'll discuss with them over the next few weeks. Uh, Johnny Kenny as well, another young lad, um, really bright prospect from where we're at. I'll, I'll be involved with him as much first-team training as we possibly can do. And we'll assess the other lads. There's quite a few there in the underage. We can't bring them all up, bearing in mind where we're at, but uh, if we had roughly around 2022 in our group, it would be great. And Liam, just uh, next season, tactically... Kenny, obviously you don't want to give away your tactics or anything and such, but just 
um, from last season you played a 4-2-3-1 would that be something you'd be kind of sticking along the lines to next season or would you be looking to change it up um, we'll, 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 we'll obviously start with that in mind um, that said I'm looking at Shamrock Rovers and what they're doing their formation is a sort of 3-4-3 three, three, but the three up front are two on the inside playing off uh, Ireland Green um, and they just keep the ball their possession of it is quite good because they have overloads all over the pitch so listen we may we may juggle our, our shape up to play the likes of that Um like we dropped off this year, um, which in hindsight, when I look at it, you know, uh, we, 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 we'll definitely be reviewing our tactics, you know, our tactics, depending on who we're playing, you know, that kind of way. But uh, I, I'd certainly be open to making sure the lads can play maybe two or three different formations. And if you can do that, it will certainly help out, especially in Europe. Because if you don't keep good possession of the ball in Europe, you won't win games, you know, kind of way. And that's it's critical for us uh, to try and do that. Um, just a little bit on the academy, Liam. Um, First of all, how much of an asset do you see um, the academy for the club? And the second part of the question is, um, are you directly involved in uh, the club's search for a kind of a director of the academy, that sort of position? Are you, have you got much involved in that? Um, no, is the answer to that. Um, I don't. I've spoken to the boys about it and uh, I know they've gone through interviews and whatever over the last few weeks. And uh, I've known that there'll be an announcement made in the ne next week or so. Uh, the academy, uh, I don't have much input in that from a playing point of view and a style point of view and all that. I'm just trying to get the first team group, to be honest, up to up to a level, you know, that we can compete at the top end of the table. Um, that said, uh, I'm aware of all, all the all the players in these teams, you know, kind of in relation to the better players and the, the potential for one or two of them to step up, you know, who, who from the 15s get step up to the 17s, from the 70s to 19s, and from the 19s into the senior team, you know, and that's to that end. Um, as I said, two of the kids there that I just mentioned, they definitely have a chance, you know, kind of way. And I think they're buckets of ability. Uh, and I do seem to make an impact in Saga Rovers over the next few years. And I do, the academy is a very important part of the club. Um, and I do think, um, uh, you know, the, the development plan we have for the club over the next few years, uh, Tommy Higgins looking after all that. And I've no doubt he'll drive that on. And, you know, it could be, it could be an exciting few years for Saga Rovers, please God. It was interesting. We spoke to... Um... Uh, former manager Willie McStay on the podcast last week and uh, you know he's involved in um, the underage setup in the academy um, with Celtic and he was able to name off a number of the the underage Rovers players so you know we're the yeah. good work that's been done there by the coaches is clearly playing off and, and these players are, are making waves beyond uh, Sligo you know. Yeah, I mean the coaches and the manager, the management and coaches um, in all the teams have done really well, you know, kind of way. And there's some, they're, they're all getting qualified. They're all doing their A license, their B license, their pro license, etc., etc. Right through the club, and you know it's great for the club uh, because the kids will get the best expertise they can, and and hopefully we can hopefully we can push that on. On your your future there, long term, would you be looking to stay with Sligo Rovers for the foreseeable future now, or do you think it could be? A shorter stay. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Well, I really enjoyed last year. I'm hoping next year will be even better again. Um, and, and more importantly, my wife is enjoying it. <laughs> we're, we're living in we're living in Riverstown. Um, we had originally gone up, and the lads had said to me, "Look, if you want, uh, we have a, a couple of apartments um, in Riverstown. If you want to just stay in them while you find your house or whatever." So, Ivor Parks, another friend of ours now, a great fella. Um, invited to stay in one of his apartments. So we stayed in that apartment for, I'd say, about a year. Um, and we got to know loads of people in Riverstown, Sean and Cora McDermott, uh, are fantastic friends of ours. Uh, you know, we've we've made quite a few friends in the village there. Uh, really like it, really settled in. Uh, we've moved from the apartment to a house just on the fringe of the, uh, the village, which is fantastic for us because we've got three kids, uh, three adult kids, and they can come up and see us and they can stay over and all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, we're enjoying it uh, from a long-term point of view. With football, you never look too far ahead, you know, the kind of way, um, for, for different reasons. Um, but uh, from where I'm at, I'm enjoying it uh, and what I'm looking forward to the next season. But I, I would just want to, I, I would just love to, I would, as I said this when I got the job, I'd love to have some sort of success with Sligo. Um, and, you know, the, the future will look after itself, you know, the kind of way. But as I say, we're, we're all of myself really enjoying it. What would be success for you next season, Liam? Well, I'd like it to be better than this season. You know, and, you know, every window, I see that as a, an opportunity, even if it means one player in, one player out or whatever. If you have an unhappy player, you may go out. If you just improve that a little bit to get the team better, you know, the kind of way. And ultimately, we've got to try and maximise that because, like, if, if, if we're not making Europe, guys, uh, it is difficult 
trust me, because I know the, the, the sort of budgets that St. Paris Athletic are paying. Uh, Bohemians have a bigger budget than we have. Uh, uh, not to talk, sorry, big part. Shamrock Rovers and Don't Talk. Uh, and it's a multiple of errors, you know, the kind of way. Now, that said, they can still only put out 11 players on the pitch. And that said, they, they, they'll be coaching trained. So we just need to make sure our training and our coaching is bang on the button as best we can. We've got to make sure that our player identification as, as best we possibly can do. Players coming through, like the great, the beauty about the likes of Johnny Kenny uh, and those guys, Killian Heaney, these guys, you know, I, I, I could have a year or two before they might break into the team with them. You know the kind of way. They can be still playing with the 19s or whatever. Uh, I could bring in some of them. That, they'd have time with us and they'd have a better understanding of the position and how we're trying to play. You know the kind of way. Um, and I do, that, that's why sometimes you hear people saying, ah, in week three, and, or sorry, in year three, four and five and six, when these players are all coming through, you know, it, it's, it's a great opportunity for the club um, to introduce them to it. But we're, we're only, from, from my point of view, we're only, that's only at its infancy. Uh, bearing in mind, last year, I had to try and get us, first of all, at the start, we had to get us up the table. Now that we've qualified for Europe, I'd be desperate for us to qualify for Europe next year. Because if we can just do that for two or three or four years and on the spin here, mm. all of a sudden we'll be a lot tighter to Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk. Because they're the two, from a budgetary point of view, that can. Like you only have to look at Shamrock Rovers in the recent days. They've signed two of Dundalk's best players. They've signed Manju from Bohemians. You know, kind of. They've signed a guy in from England. You know. So they're. But that said, you know, they're not unbeatable. You know, no, nobody is in this league. So we've just got to try and get our project as best we possibly can do and keep improving it on a regular basis. I think we said it here in the podcast. You know, I think what, what we're looking for as some supporters is just kind of greater consistency because some of the performances were kind of really on point. And then some of the games, you know, we kind of fell off a cliff. So I think that kind of consistency across the season or, or, or greater consistency. And like we, I think, you know, we'd spoke about it on the pod as well. We believe that really we could have had Europe and maybe third place sewn up a little bit earlier if we could just have shown that kind of, that, that sense yeah, of I, I, I would I wouldn't disagree with you on that. And, you know, it, it has been difficult for us this season. We, we really haven't had a stamp on our play. We haven't played a certain way in week one and week two and week three and week four and five it was just up and down and we did have a lot of um, injuries and suspensions and whatever changing team around that said we will be looking to try and get a better style about ourselves and just calm down and you know there's a lot of ability in the footballers we just need to get a, a proper balance in the team and make sure we, we we play to a style and play to a way that we can repeat that on a regular basis you know and so we know what we're doing in games uh, whereas last year when I look at it well, it was up and down for sure you know uh, Leah, I'm going to ask you one last question because we're going to let you go soon. Then Sean and any of the other lads that have a question. Um, yeah, no problem. Go. But um, do you plan out your season? Um, you know, do you look at the, the the fixtures that are coming up and say this player is going to play here and this player is going to miss out on this kind these play these these uh, string of games or or do you just take it game by game? No, I wouldn't do that. No, um, look, we'll just get the fixture list. Uh, we'll get through preseason. Uh, you may pick up an injury in preseason, like we did last year with John Mahan, unfortunately, and Regan Donlan. Two of them dislocated shoulder and a broken leg. You, you don't plan for any of that. Um, but through preseason, we'll pick our starting 11 for the first game. Now, you know, depending on who that is, we might minutely change one position, maybe from a set play point of view. You know, if, if like for instance, we were playing Finn Harps. They're fairly big physical outfit. They outdone us last year. I think it was one nil up there. Not a lot in the game. Um, um, but sorry to answer your question. You know we will get through preseason with the group that we have. We we'll get them as fit as we possibly can do. We you know maintain that fitness as best we can right through the season. And uh, but I, 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 it'll go from week to week. You know the kind of way. And we will have a stronger squad. I, I hope um, at the end of preseason. And you know we give it a better chance of being. Uh, you know, we, we we can repeat performance on a much more regular basis. Liam, the the master stroke that was turning Gary Buckley into a centre half was was that a happy accident or was that something you seen in training? Um, Gary's a very talented footballer. Um, when the ball's in front of me, he's, he's great. He's the same at centre back. He's he's fantastic. You know, he, he really done well for us jumping in there. Um, and so much so, he got a good relationship with John Mahan. So it was great to get John Mahan back. And uh, we'd have John, oh, please God, for a full season next year, you know, the kind of way. Like, and he is quite influential in the way we play. He's quite aggressive. You know, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a top centre-half from where we're at. So, um, you know, Gary's done really well. But Gary can play in the middle as well. I've seen him playing in Cork as an offensive midfielder. He can play in defensive midfield because he's very tidy on the ball. He's reasonably versatile from that end. Again, you know, we, we'll discuss, you know, each position for me has a game plan. You know, the kind of way. And, you know, if, if Gary's played in midfield, I'll expect him to be doing certain things. If he's playing centre-half, he's got to do, obviously, different things. Uh, you know, 
so and equally for all the positions that would be the same another kind of way so um well gary he's uh, done great and uh you know when i spoke and suggested it to him uh, he said yeah no problem gaffer uh played there before with cork and uh it shouldn't be a problem and it wasn't you know so um i think again he uh, it would more games that you know i tend to have as well i think he would get better at that you know kind of but we do still have the opportunity to play him in center mid as well just to wrap up gary like he has won leagues and cups down in cork so, you know, I'm looking at Bulger. He's won it down in Cork. He's won it up in Pats. He's won it up in Shamrock Rovers. So we, there's there's an element here that we want these guys to leave from the front here and let's grab up by the ghoulies as such and see where we go. Uh, me, is there a particular area of the pitch that you believe we're still short on that you're looking to tighten up before um, the season starts? Um, well, the, 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 the forwardy scenario there, we have to make sure we look after there. Um, you know, now that would be decayed around our style of play as well, but... When you look at what we have at the moment, signed. So I'm still chasing and talking with players there, some one or two new players, and one or two of the current group that we have. So hopefully we get that over the line over the next sort of few weeks. You know, um, if it doesn't, if it doesn't happen before pre-season, which is only around the corner, if we start in the first week in January, um, which I'm not sure whether that will happen, but nonetheless, um, we still have a bit of time to develop the rest of the group out. But I'd be hopeful that over the next week or two we'll have some more players done. Congratulations on on qualifying for Europe, and hopefully we can push on and. Uh, Here's to the new year. Yeah, I think um, uh, Donald Kelly on Twitter says, um, how does Liam feel about giving Robert fans something to dream about for next season? And I think that kind of uh, encompasses the, the, the feeling the fans have around the football club at the moment. There's, there's real potential there. It's the first time in a long time that we've had real excitement around the club. And I guess we're all grateful for the work that you and the, the players have put in uh, over the last number of years to get us where we are. So thanks, thanks very much, Liam. It's my pleasure, and I'd like to thank all our fans up there um, in Sligo, you know, and uh, sorry, I'm in Dublin at the minute, um, that's what I say up there. Um, I, I would like to thank them all, uh, bearing in mind, you know, the way the season went last year, you know, especially in the mid-season when, you know, we were in a spot of bother and, you know, everybody helped out from that end. We brought in one or two players, we got one or two back, you know, and we did reference that in our dressing room, that it wasn't just about the starting eleven here, we've got a group of people here that, and there's probably a few thousand that will be looking at our games on the LOI, E, and, you know, we knew there was a responsibility to that. It's just unfortunate we couldn't, couldn't have the crowd uh, uh, behind our backs. I can guarantee you we'd be all trying our best next season. I, 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 you know, we will, we will and, you know, I, I want to, all our supporters, everybody to be proud of where we're at. And the same as we were this year, um, let's all of us, everybody together, our sponsors as well, we've... Uh, duty to them as well to, to you know to promote them as best we possibly can do um, but make sure everybody in our football club that's our fans our supporters our players our staff or anybody and everybody we get behind the, the whole project of Saigo Rovers and let's drive it on and get it the best we possibly can be for next season or two uh, the last thing I'm going to ask you Liam is uh, in a relation it's related to our sponsor um, I don't know if it's important to you but um, do you have any thoughts on the, the new kit that's been released uh, the kit yeah I've seen it yeah listen I'm sure you, people have referenced it up there so it's sort of the Liverpool type of whatever I don't know um, but that's been referenced to me a few times listen it's our jersey it's a Sligo Rovers jersey it's our crest on it it's, it's the jerseys I think it is a nice jersey to be honest uh, but it has our crest and that's the key yeah. to it Okay listen Liam thanks a million for your time really appreciate it um, we could speak to you for, for hours and hours particularly about your playing career and more about um, your, your time in charge of Rovers so listen thanks a, thanks a million for your time and um, here's wishing you every success for the season ahead I wish you all a happy Christmas uh, as well and I look forward to catching up with you in the new year and to play for Tony all this evening I think um, one of the things that many people overlook about uh, Liam Buckley's career is his playing career I mean he, he had some serious achievements and some kind of highlights that you know when you're looking at him there in our dugout you, you tend to forget about him you tend to you know, you tend to overlook that. Oh my God, this guy's played in a in the UEFA Cup semi final. Um, it's incredible, really, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, the bet AC Milan in the quarterfinals. Yeah, nuts! Like, yeah, um, absolutely nuts. Um, you know, it also kind of harks back to a time when European football was a lot more interesting. Like, you know, when you had those Belgian clubs up against the likes of Cologne, and it was just instead of you know the regular twelve or fourteen or sixteen teams that you constantly see in the, the knockout stages stages of European competition. Yeah, definitely. It gives gives clubs, uh, you know, through the knockout system, it always gives clubs a chance. And I suppose the club we played with in Belgium, you know, in this day and age, they wouldn't have a, a chance, snowball's chance in hell. But, you know, it's it's kind of a bit like the, maybe like the FA Cup from years ago, you know, seeing Leicester Hereford getting through rounds and things like that. That That's yeah. kind of gone in the European football now. You don't see the FA, you don't see the shots of the FA Cup like you used in either. Um, Donner, how important has um, Liam Buckley's influence been on Rovers? Um, 
I mean, if you can put them against in the context of some of the, the standard of some of the managers we've had over recent years. Um, There's a question for you. It'll, it'll have to be judged on um, what he brings in trophy-wise into the club as well. But in terms of how we started it, um, it's been brilliant. So it has. He's, he's brought us from the doldrums as such of near relegation to European football. So I don't think that can be understated. He's done a massive job for the club. It reminds yeah. me of the early Paul Cook days where there's been a style of football tried to be embedded into the team. The fans have been positive about what's been going on and it's been a steady progression all along. So yeah. I'm going to continue and let's see where we go next season. But also when you think about more recent managers, um, you know, when you have Liam Buckley standing in front of you telling you what to do, and all you have to do is have a quick look at his playing career and you go, well, this fella has been around the block. He's played against the very best. He's achieved an awful lot. You're going to sit up and listen. Like you're going to take, you might be more inclined to take direction often than some others that have been through the showgrounds recently. I think you've been kind to um, past people by calling them managers, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. You have a, you have a league winning manager, a cup winning manager uh, in Liam Buckley. He's no joke. He's managed some of the best players in the country throughout the years. You know, the man knows what he's talking about. And you even listening yeah. to him in the in the interview, to hear how passionate he is about the club and you can feel the excitement coming off him for next season alone. It's it's really encouraging. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing we didn't really talk to him about in the interview was his, his uh, relationship with uh, Dave Campbell. And I know you asked him a little bit about scouting, but um, he, they have a really great kind of partnership and how they source players and, you know, both of them work as a great team. Um Listen, we've, the podcast is kind of rolling on a good bit now. We need to wrap things up. But um, the last thing we need to talk about before we finish up is the annual draw, Jerry, which is due to take place soon. Tickets are still available? Yeah, so the, the draw is on the 20, Wednesday the 23rd. So uh, I suppose by the time this go, goes out, it'll be actually less than a week. But uh, ticket sales, despite the restrictions with COVID, have been... Unbelievable sales so far. Um, kind of a bit bowled over by it. Online ticket sales have like quadrupled compared to to last year. Um, a lot more people have kind of put their hand up and taken tickets. Um, and it, it's you know it's just it's brilliant. And it just shows you the, the 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 passion for the club and uh, you know the, the the community really gets behind it. Um, yeah, again, tickets can be purchased um, on srfcdirect.com. £5,000 first, sorry, €5,000 uh, first prize um, vouchers for Pet Stop Discount Warehouse, um, vouchers for Flynn Hotel Group, um, Rovers um, season tickets or season packs available. There's um, loads of great prizes there. And uh, we would encourage you, if you haven't yet purchased one, to go on to SRFC Direct and uh, splash out in the tenor. Or um, you can um, you can contact Jerry or uh, myself um, or you know the usual kind of heads. Uh, there's still tickets to be sold. So um, are we um, are we in a more positive? Just to wrap things up, lads, are we in a more positive frame of mind? Having spoken to um, to Liam Buckley tonight about his his designs on on the future. And do, I mean, I guess we expect he's going to sign a contract soon, isn't he? I mean, after what he said, he doesn't really do contracts, though. You know, I don't think it's that. Is I it think... a, a gentleman's agreement? Yeah, and I think as people, as long as people want him to be here, he'll be here. You know that kind of way. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's ver- like we know from his from 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 when he played for us. Like he's the type of guy, you know, you know, wasn't working out for him. He handed his wages back. That's the type of guy he is. He's you know, he's full. He's full of. He's just full of integrity, and and he's just you know, he's a decent bloke. Like he's not the type of guy just going to run away or. He's not looking for something over in England or he's not looking for something back in Dublin. As he said himself, himself and, and, and his wife are happy here. Um, and that that's really it. I, you know, I suppose as football fans, we kind of sometimes overthink these things, you know, um, and I don't think there's any, anything there to be concerned about at all. Just before we finish up, uh, Donner, what sort of, what part area of the pitch are you looking to see reinforcements coming in? Is this, where, where, where do we need that kind of extra bit of strengthening, do you think? Is it up top? I still think we need a striker, need a goal scorer. I think that's fundamental that we get one in. Um, whether that be the re-signing of Coughlin and Junior, I'm not too sure, or if we look further afield. But uh, I'd also like to see a creative midfielder. Yeah, that just that's ha- that's a must. And I'm sure Liam is thinking along the same lines himself. Like, but yeah, I, I think it's it's fairly obvious to see that's where we lacked last season as well. 
Uh, Magoo, what, what do you think? It seems that, I mean, the, the word in the street, and this is purely rumour, uh, Coughlin is likely to be going elsewhere. I don't know where, maybe perhaps. I don't think you go to Dundalk. Uh, Magoo, what, what, where do you think we need to, we need to shore up? Oh, same as Dunner. Um, definitely the striker. Definitely the man. Like, if you're, if we put the whole, if, it, if the season runs the whole way through next year, if we get a proper full season, 30 odd games, we'll need a first if you're looking to be qualified for Europe again, you want to be fellow getting at least 15 goals. Yeah. Like well, I think we were lucky this year in the fact with the season cut short, other teams around us kind of underperformed too. I don't think we would have got away with it uh, in any normal year. No. Having such low like a low yeah. score, like we we only scored twice in one game, like stuff like that. I don't think we get away with that next season. I think mm-hmm. we're definitely a, a goal scorer. And we I'd I'd look as well for a like I was always obviously a creative midfielder, but I I don't know if we'd be if we'd be in that market now as a sign of bulger because we're kind of getting a bit stacked up in midfield. Yeah, if yeah. we're playing a depending on what system we're going to play, obviously. Yeah, but maybe a winger too, someone to get in behind the defence and. Yeah, couple of powerful wingers, I, the likes of there. Uh, yeah, unless now unless the the, the unless the fullbacks are going to do that job for us, he might yeah. play the forwards more on the inside, but. Well, that's, I suppose, McGill, you could go at it from that point of view as well. You know, we're, when you say a creative midfielder, we're nearly always thinking like a number 10 or that, but you could actually get an inside forward, someone coming in off the wing who can get yeah. you those passes and get players in behind as well. It doesn't necessarily have to be coming through the middle of the park, does it? No, we, we, he, the fact he decided, decided Romeo back, and it, it makes me think that he'll go back with the three up, that it'll be 4 3 3, or, yeah. you know, he'll, have the three, he'll definitely have the three, and you have the freeze there, and you have. He's now signing Bulger, you'd have more. And I know like a, a squad is obviously what you want, but he's obviously thinking as well. Like he, Bulger's not come, coming here to sit on the bench and Romeo's not coming back sitting on the bench. And he, 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 he kind of touched on that too, didn't he? Um, he kind of touched on that there too, though, with, you know, players coming from inside to, to you know, get chances and stuff like that. So I'd say 4-3-3 three, three yeah. is something to think about. And then he touched on Shamrock Rovers and the way they play. and So that's kind of interesting yeah. to hear. Yeah, I'd like to see that uh, three-five-three uh, in a style for us as well. I think that'll be yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think it works well. It works well for Shams. I think they they have they have um, there's a lot of fine footballers like so. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. Listen, lads, we'll um, we'll wrap it up because we're we're um, we'll be here all night otherwise, and yeah, go to bed and go to work and all that kind of stuff. So listen, I'm just going to say one more time, uh, just to remind people, if you enjoy the podcast, please do share it, let people know, uh, share it on social media and give us good positive reviews on um, uh, on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Uh, and finally, thanks to our sponsors, uh, Milligram Coffee and Wine Street in Sligo. Uh, thanks to Liam Buckley for joining us. And um, I think that's about it. Uh, Donner, thank you. Thanks very much, Connor. Magoo, thank you. Cheers, boys. And uh, our other special guest, uh, President <laughs> Jared O'Connor, thanks a million for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Connor, and the lads. Cheers. All right, Jared. Jared. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, Jared.